Hey you and welcome to Pillars, here to inspire you with personal stories from LGBTQ people who have overcome their own social, cultural or psychological challenges and use those very personal experiences to motivate their own self-empowerment. I'm Jordan Yediman and I believe that individual self-empowerment is key to strengthening our community. So I want to introduce you to some of our amazing community pillars to hear their stories, learn from their lessons and find out what advice they might have for people in similar circumstances. Let's strengthen the community by empowering individuals because we can't build a home out of broken bricks. We need pillars. I met Jacqueline when we used to work together for the same company and I remember from the first time I met her that she was just such a wonderful bundle of light and joy and such a fantastic person to be around. On the back of Liz Truss's harmful statement on her plans to make reforms to the Gender Recognition Act, Jacqueline decided that it was time that she took matters into her own hands and she designed a t-shirt for her new Not A Phase campaign with 100% of the proceeds going to mermaids helping gender diverse kids and trans youth and their families. I was so pleased to have this conversation with Jackie. Um, I haven't seen her for a very long time, so to see her on Zoom call and to catch up with her and to share our successes has been absolutely wonderful. This conversation is so positive, so uplifting, so full of joy. Jacqueline's amazing and I'm 100% sure that you're going to get as much joy from listening to this as I did having this conversation. <laughs> you excited? Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, <laughs> this is the first. This is the first podcast that I've done. What? Uh, yeah, I've kind of been. I've been saying yes and no to some of them. A lot of them, it's a lot of podcasts. They want to talk about my personal life, um, and I got. I've gotten a lot of like intro questions of what will be discussed, and people are talking about like, I don't know, like. <sighs> To be specific, I've had a few that have been like about my genitals, about where I am on the surgery path. And I'm just like, I'm not doing anything like that for this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about any of that for this. What I'm talking about, right, is like, I'm talking about trans youth and protecting trans youth and also trans rights. Um, I don't know, people don't need to have that backstory. They can they can slip into my DMs and ask me about that if they want. Do you know what I mean? Like that's like, you can, you can come in and we can have a personal conversation, but I don't need to project my whole story. I don't owe anyone my story. No. Um, you know? Well, and- I don't want to know what's in your pants. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, you heard it here first, Jackie's DMs are open. I love it. Um, <laughs> um, go on. Yeah, so this is kind of like the first podcast I've done because I've, it's been quite overwhelming. I didn't expect um, Not A Phase to do what it's done. And I was looking at the analytics of it today and it's so overwhelming to know that there's that amount of people mm. that one, give a shit, two, are open to have a conversation. And I think the thing that got for me, because when that news article got um, released about Liz's trusses. Uh, Liz Truss's statement when that came about I was shocked I was just like oh no and I it was almost like I was paralyzed for a whole day like I read that article in the morning and then in the evening was when I was like wait hold on this is not okay this is really not okay that this has come out and I think it's really strange because amidst the pandemic uh, if I was say at work I would have shared that article on Facebook and then I would have been and I would have stressed my opinions and done everything. And then because we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm furloughed from work, I just saw it and I was just like, right, okay, well, we need to, I was like, I have all the time and I'm furloughed. So like, I'm okay for money right now. What can I do that's like non-profit? And obviously this article popped up and I was just like, right, do you know what? Let's, come on, let's change the world a little bit. Let's start, at least start a conversation on this and get give it some PR. Um, and I think... The big thing for the not a phase thing that I that my main intention was is I wanted it to be positive because my initial reaction was so negative. I was like, if everyone's reading this article and seeing neg- and feeling negative inside, how can we flip reverse that and start the conversation? So I think you you'll notice if you go through my Instagram, it's all positive because I want to bring a positive light to the fact that there's a community of like LGBTQ plus people um and allies and they are um 
all of these people are reading this negative news and you take a negative from it. Like, mm. I mean, before we started recording, we were literally talking about how the news is so negative. So I just wanted to really like, I didn't, I just wanted it to be a little bit more positive and bring some positivity to social media. Um, and also the, um, my friend Danny, she was just like, that's what people need right now is people just need a little bit of light. And I just see all of these posts, like I've got over 50 photos of people wearing not a face t-shirts and the comments as well um, in the captions of people uploading them is so heartwarming. Like um, there's a guy called Jazz Rocket. No, Jazz. And yeah, yeah, and he spoke about in his, in his like section, in his comment section, his caption of his photo. I read through it. Yeah, and it was so heartwarming. And I was just like, oh my God, like people are really opening up and talking about conversation um, and starting conversations about transness. And actually that it's incredible because when you read this and then you read the opposing side, like the LGB Alliance, you can see what's fabricated mm. and you can see what is human and what is an actual thing. And I'll just make the point as well, because I know Jazz really well. We worked together at Impulse and um, he runs Hashtag Black and Gay with Tafik for Impulse and he's so he's obviously a black male um so to open up that conversation around trans people in in uh the black space let's say I mean that was super like super inspirational of him to have done that yeah inspirational and t and like it just kind of really touched me and Impulse um as a whole have like they've been sharing they've been posting and Impulse like, what an amazing organization yeah. like there's yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Well, I'm wearing my T-shirt. You are wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> it's incredible, might I add. Thank you. Um, I love it. And every single time I see it, it just like, I, it's weird because it took me maybe 20 minutes to design on Designer. And if you watch the beginning of the Not A Phase, so I've listed it all on, on story highlights. If you watch the beginning of it and you can see me, on Teespring, the website that it's hosted on. You see me like working it all out. And then now to see it, it's almost like I haven't done anything. It's just like the people have, the, it's taken so and it is incredible. Let me tell you as a t-shirt wearer or someone who's bought t-shirt who willingly, willingly was excited to, um, to do it. And because for me, like, I mean, obviously I'm doing this, which, which is keeping me busy as well. And I feel like I'm doing a good thing out of it. Um, and also trying to, spread that, pod um, that positive massive congratulations <laughs> i was listening to all of the podcasts yesterday in um highgate woods in a field social distancing of course but i was listening to your podcast they're amazing oh, thank you like i love it and it's a, like the conversation like it is it's opening up the conversation i'm i'm so here for it i'm proud of you guys. thank you very much i'm proud of you um we can have we can do we can do ask looking like when the lockdown's over <laughs> over cocktails but my thing is that like um obviously aside from this i do I have been looking for a long time to like reach out or get involved in other things. But as you know, like we've taken, we haven't even managed to see each other in months mm -hmm. and to go to events and get involved in things. Um, it, ca it can, it can be impossible and it's a bit unmanageable sometimes. So like you said, during this period, there are lots of people looking to get involved in things and looking to speak out and uh, put their, put their values somewhere and put their focus somewhere and support something. And the t-shirt has given, people a kind of an opportunity to do that people who may not have a position or a platform or the following or whatever to do so have it's given me and other people an opportunity to get involved in something like that um and to yeah. show their support openly so as a t-shirt wearer this is a, this is a very big thing actually this is a very big thing that um the t-shirt really kind of speaks to me on is um being trans there is a large percent of um the community that are visible and they almost um and like people don't really realize that being trans is visible, which means you're walking down the street every single day and you could get clocked. You could like, so obviously there are trans people that live their lifestyle, but having the t-shirt saying not a phase really like with that bold color and then support trans youth, it almost for me is visible. It's like a visible representation of your support. And I think that's, I think that's, Something that I, when I see people in the t-shirt, I'm like, oh my God, because it literally says support trans youth in it. And that's people wearing that t-shirt and that's visible to read. And because the colors are so bright and the t-shirt is designed um, in an essence of like the nineties, like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Recess, Rugrats. I really wanted to pull it back to my youth. Mm. So it's bright, it's flashy and people are, are staring at it. And the colors that are available are so like eye-catching as well. Like the white is incredible because it sets off the like the whole design, but the colors are really mm -hmm. bright as well. So it's 
kind of like it pulls in the attention and it starts the yeah, conversation um, yeah 100% agree but I hadn't even thought of that you know but like um about the word visible I just thinking then you know there's such this it's like almost like um there's such a, a hook on like the idea of passing and things like this so that like you know trans people are visible as trans people a lot of the time in the wider society and wider communities so for allies straight people other queer people to, that's what the t-shirt is saying it's like we will be visibly um involved in the yeah, conversation for you and with you uh, yeah and it has like i said it has started the conversations and all of the conversations really kind of like root back because people are talking about their personal their personal um experiences but it does root back to what that what is happening in right now in 2020 because people will be like oh why are you wearing that t-shirt and it just starts that conversation because it is visible people want to talk about that and we want to urge people to talk about that because when people talk about it they educate themselves well, let's on talk it. about it and yeah, let's do it. So, so I'm wearing it. It says not a phase, support trans youth. Um, I'll, I'll take the lead on you for this one because um, this is this is your t-shirt, your story, your um, campaign. So the reason I started not a phase was because on the 22nd of April, Liz Truss and, uh, well, Liz Truss, the Minister of Women and Equalities, released a statement on kind of like changes um, in the cabinet, appointing a few people, but then also talking about um, the reformation of the GRA, which is the Gender Recognition Act. So the Gender Recognition Act is an act that's put in place so that trans people can change their gender marker on their birth certificate. And that's really kind of the Gender Recognition, Rec recognition Act, the GRA. That's what that's about. Um, but when addressing it, she made she's made some threats um, and I say threats, and the only reason I say threats, but even though that is a, quite a strong word, is because the content of what she says is really worrying. Um, she mentions in this report on the 22nd that she is looking at the protection of, say, of single sex spaces, and she says that it's really important. That's kind of like the first thing that kicked off in this, um, because single single sex spaces is toilet rights. So that's when I read it, the essence of that was, I don't, I'm not from London, I live in London, and my mum comes and visits me and we go to Westfield, Stratford. Um, we go shopping and we go for like, like dinner and lunch and we spend a lovely day together. It's kind of like our thing. Um, that spoke to me because Westfields has single sex toilets. So does that mean that as a trans woman, I will not legally be allowed to go to the toilet when I go and see my mum? So that was kind of like the first, in, like the first thing that set off in my mind. Mm. Um, and then the second thing she said is that she was going to make sure that transgender adults were free to live their lives as they wish without fear of prosecution or persecution. Um, but in doing that, um, it's a massive contrast because you can't say that trans people are safe from persecution and then change the laws. And then, um, so that was like a big kind of like beacon when I read this. And I think I, the first thing, the first time I read it was on Gay Star News. Um, lastly, in this article, she um, or in this published statement that she releases, is she wants to talk about the gender, with regards to the Gender Recognition Act, she wants to protect under 18s um, from making, th making mistakes that could be irreversible in the future. And that was when it really, really struck a chord with my heart because um, I was a trans youth. I was I've been trans my whole life and whether self-diagnosed or undiscovered that is the experience that I have had um in activism in the past I've spoken at my school where I had a really troubling time and in this statement she mentions that she wants to protect um she wants to protect trans youth um and but that is kind of like a guise or it seems a guise to remove or revoke their right to medication and I have friends that transitioned in their teens and those medications saved their lives. And being a trans teenager myself, um, back when, in like the noughties, in the 2000s, um, it was hard for me. And I can't pay that for, I can't pay that forward or that life forward to the next generation of trans people because I have to protect them. I have to pay that forward and make it better for them. My personal experiences in school were horrific. I got like death threats and my mum had to take me out of it and the school turned around 
um, the school turned around and told me that it was my fault and my life would be hard um, if I didn't change. And they said this in front of my mum. So my mum whipped me out of that school. So when I read this, this statement where she said that she could protect trans kids, um, it really hit me really hard because we've had media spotlights for trans topics. We've had Laverne Cox, we've had Caitlyn Jenner, we've got role models like Janet Mock. Um, Janet Mock is a role model to me. Like, like we have these people and the, the world has changed since I was a teenager and we can't regress back to that. Um, in activism, I used to work quite closely with um, the Human Library and I got the opportunity to go back to a school and met a, like a trans teenager in my school. Um, and th with that experience, um, they told me that their life was so much better and they didn't have trouble at school. So for me to read that, it really was like a call to action that I was like, we do not regress, regress and we do not take away people's rights. Um, so do you know what, let's start the conversation. And my go-to was the t-shirt because the t-shirt I, uh, in, in lockdown, I really wanted to teach myself design and I really wanted to teach myself how to DJ and I'm loving it whilst I'm in lockdown. Um, so I realised that DJing would be a really, uh, not DJing, designing would be a really good uh, project for me to jump on and I could like unleash some creativity because we're, we're locked up inside. Um, so I was like, well, I can design something and then do something with it. Um, my amazing friend Jeffrey runs Queer Chair and that's like a print a print t-shirt for loads of like queer slogans and kind of like funny tees. So I jumped on Facebook, like it was like, right, okay, what is the best thing? Obviously we're amidst the pandemic. I know that printing companies are international. Um, so he was telling me about Printful and Teespring and I chose Teespring because their warehouses were in Europe and the UK. So I was like, if the demand, if I'm launching this in the UK, the demand will probably be mostly there. So let's get warehouses close and design this t-shirt and start raising money. And the reason why I want, like, well, it wasn't, it was about supporting the, the trans youth, like the, the trans youth that are here now, there will be people on waiting lists for puberty blockers and anti-antigens. Um, and I was like, I, I want something visible and something loud that I can kind of like shout about to raise awareness and then the cause obviously or where the money would go or anything it has to be non-profit and mermaids are an incredible organization that look after kind of like gender variant um and people on gender spectrum and like trans teens and their families and i was like we can get money and resources because it's 2020 and mm. unfortunately money does talk if we can get money into the pockets of mermaids that would be incredible and I, it was, it's quite a wholesome thing for me because I did activism with the Human Library and worked with Heineken and things like maybe five years ago when I, when I looked at my Twitter, because um, I don't use Twitter because Twitter is really dangerous and it's not, a, it's not a safe space for me. Like I, I would, I'd be so angry on it or so upset. So I went on my Twitter because I needed to send out a few tweets about this or at least check. And I found all of these old photos from when I worked with Mind and Time for Change. And it really reaffirms me, like, I was like, hold on, okay, this is going to be a part of your life now, Jackie. This is, like, activism is going to be a thing. So start the conversation and go proud. And then the T-shirt kind of just boomed. Like, it just, people would, people related to it because we can't go out and protest. We can't go to Parliament. Um, well, I, I actually did, <laughs> just because I needed to get some things off my chest. But we can't, in our masses, because of social distancing, <laughs> go to Parliament and sort and do you know what I mean? And stress our opinion and voice our opinions. But this is a really kind of like non-aggressive yeah. way of going almost viral, do you understand? With mm. and I'm really, I'm really, really. I, even like every like I said, wearing it myself and and having having one myself, it's nice to like see other people wearing them. It's kind of it does feel like you're being a part of something, and that's really great. It kind of does feel like you're involved in some kind of online protest, or you know, getting involved in that way. In the same way that when you go and stand outside Parliament or or Trafalgar Square, and we we did the anti-Trump rally, we did the um, yeah. pro women rally, um, all of that. It does feel you do get that that's that vibe of it. It's a, 
it's a tiny sense of accomplishment and um I think that it's really important to celebrate mini victories whilst in lockdown so I don't think it's a mini victory Jackie I think you've done something really really Uh, great it's not it's not me though and I have to say that it's really not me this is a community-based thing this is the LGBT community LGBTQ plus community and allies everyone's getting involved and that's what it is it's not I just got upset and made a t-shirt online and I'm humbled in that because otherwise I'd be really really overwhelmed and mm. um, what's happened is people have seen this and they've seen that they've seen like a cause that they want to fight for and the conversation's been opened and it's incredible mm. like it's incredible you and, like, how much money now for that one thousand more so the total that we've raised now is 1415 pounds and 73 pence <laughs> <laughs> that's so good that is like, so good that number is so so big and I never I never accepted that I honestly expected it to be like 200 pounds and me and my friends would wear these t-shirts and it would be kind of like a yeah, yeah almost like a gang kind of thing do you know what I mean like um and people are still buying them so I mean like that's just yeah, gonna well, keep going that's, up and that's up, not up. Included, that's not including the eight that have been purchased this morning as well and mm. like but the support has been overwhelming like I mean you when you posted yours I think it was one of the first like photos and then it, it I was just like oh my god this is gonna go and then impulse <laughs> put it and then um like it's just it's so bizarre because it's international now mm-hmm. like and it's I've had photos from people it, like all over Europe and then there's some in America that are getting delivered as well and it's just kind of like yes let's have this conversation mm-hmm. let's talk about this and let's raise some awareness about it because and the money's going to mermaids right which is yeah. as you said is um supporting gender diverse kids um, trans youth and their families and the reason I absolutely love um, mermaids is because it it take it does take it right back to the families and to the parents and offer support for people who may be you know struggling to overcome their own challenges um, with raising a trans kid for example or even I mean even a queer kid but they haven't have their own you know parents have their own challenges. That was my initial idea as well because what what I thought was I was reading that I was reading the articles that covered this, the news coverage of this statement that was made. And I was really worried because I was like, if I'm reading this, that means that trans kids are reading this, like teenage people are reading this, people that are in waiting lists for these puberty blocking like medication, or people that want want that. This is their next step in their journey. These people are reading this and what happened what where do their parents go? Or where do they call? Because it's quite a triggering, it's quite a triggering situation to find yourself in and the helplines like mermaids if you can call that that helpline and then you can kind of like start the discussion with them and they can assist you and calm you down or anything if you are feeling like triggered or it is like if it's detrimental to your mental health that is a resource that's gonna that needs to be available and that so all the money going to that just made sense in my mind i think acceptance starts so early and a lot of the time you know displacement or not belonging starts from parents or not having conversations with parents or not knowing that they will or they will support you or accept you or just assuming they won't and I think a lot of the time that's where the root of um, feeling like not accepted starts so I absolutely love on their website it says back at the start we were a small group a small group of concerned parents sitting around the kitchen table coming together to share experiences find answers and look for ways to keep our children safe and happy and that's why I love them because it's like there are there are that. Yeah, there are people there are people for the parents and it's not always about the queer person or the trans person it's about the people that support and offering that service as well and that's what I love about that yeah I think <clears throat> the big thing is that I it just I wanted to support I wanted to support the next generation um there's a movie on uh, or a documentary on youtube called mirror mirror and it's about this this incredible because she speaks a lot of truth it's 18 plus but there's a um a trans woman called consuela cosmetics and it's filmed in 1993 and it's her last year in new york or on earth because she has aids Mm -hmm. and i watched that movie um after i started their campaign and I watched it in social distancing, we're at like, but with all of my girlfriends, we all watched it at the same time. And in the group chat, we were going for it and just kind of like talking about it, like, wow. And then 
there was this overwhelming sensation that we all had that we were all so lucky um because when I was 15 16 like finding because I didn't have I, obviously I left school so I didn't have finish my education um so me finding like jobs and things like that that was a, that was a hustle that was a struggle for me and um now where I am being one of the venue managers for Cuba um I found like I've I've got a salary-based income which is a massive success for me and watching like documentaries like that I realized how lucky I have mm. it and me and my friends have it and I want to pay that forward for the next generation. Mm. And also we need to protect not only our rights as trans people, but also the next generation, make it better for them. Because there is, um, there's an, everyone has options and everyone is given options in his life and you can take whichever options you want, but you should never be forced into anything. And when you don't have rights, you your options kind of like, disappear or they get taken away from you so I just like seeing that really just pushed it forward for me and it really just made me be like right okay so I've got more options than it than I I would have had if I was my age now which is 27 if I, if I was 27 in the 90s I wouldn't have these options but I have these options now and I want to secure them and you know I want to secure them for the next generation and I want it to be even better and like and it's not being unrealistic and saying I'm gonna make the world like a utopia it's reaching for that utopic kind of like situation and that society and just trying to push forward for that and I think the t-shirts um I didn't think about it massively like it's just kind of like seeing the successes of the t-shirt yeah. it's starting the conversation and it's just incredible because it's look at look at modern day society we are not talking enough and like you said, you love a t-shirt, it's a conversation piece. So it means that it just starts the conversation and hopefully it snowballs out. And then also when they do open the doors and when the summer recess comes at the end of parliament and we do find out what this worrying threat is that is upon us, we are all there in solidarity and not face mm -hmm. t-shirts. And yeah. that's volumes. And that's the kind of success that I see from it and that makes me really, really proud about it um should we do, should we should we have a not a phase event of course there's gonna be a not a phase event a not a phase oh. times pillars get together absolutely absolutely amazing. So I, I don't think these people know but how we actually know each other is through events and yeah. the work events. we work in events um so yeah absolutely of course that the, there's planning but i can't so i took that. jackie's job when she left basically i was working for the same company but i was working in venues and she was an events manager when she left i took her job and we never got to work together but I, we but i mean let's go the future let's is do now. it let's you make know, something happen knows what's gonna happen with but the event is coming it, of course cool. i have to say thank you to so many people mm. like so many people and i think that also the success of raising this much money needs to be celebrated so when it's safe and when it's right of course there will be an event um also that i need to kind of think about online events as well because i need to make this donation and i've been doing it via live donation on instagram um and having people come on and talk um but I haven't done it in a while so i'm speaking with mermaids at the moment to see if a representative of theirs will come mm. and um join the live just to talk about it because i think that behind closed doors and things Liz Trust must be talking to organisations. The language she used when she says protect under 18s that is mirroring of Section 28, which mm. was a massive, massive um, debacle. Let's just put it that way. It was a massive kind of like flop and it was really detrimental. Um, if people don't know what Section 28 was, it was kind of a legislation that was put in place um, to not educate people on LGBT subjects in school. Yeah, teachers weren't even allowed to talk about it. So no. if someone if someone was to bring it up with them, discuss it, they weren't allowed to talk about it, they could lose their job, they weren't allowed to admit that people existed or that, you know, they yeah. just weren't allowed to talk about it. It was, it was completely illegal. Yeah, and the language, um, yeah, you just weren't allowed to talk about LGBT subjects, predominantly gay subjects in schools. So yeah, it was like gay rights then, essentially, yeah. but it's progressed yeah, now. Yeah, it was just kind of like censoring and clouding anyone being able to talk about it and that language is mirrored in this statement and that is a really concern, mm. big concern for me so 
the fact that it, the conversation is happening is it also right. sounds to me like pretty insulting just to be um to use the word protecting as if like trans people need to be protected from anything other than people like her you know like i mean like yeah. trans people are strong able valuable yeah. people what i mean protected from what them from from their right to live yeah. freely and authentically i don't the language she uses yeah. is very kind of like it mirrors a lot of anti-trans groups like and that's concerning because i don't we don't know who she's spoken to because this is just like a a worry because it's a it's a threat it's it's kind of like a this is coming and we don't know and we can't really act mm -hmm. on anything because we're due down in lockdown and also it's going to be announced on the summer recess which i think is july 22nd and i'm not politics savvy but i just like i know that you can't make a, a statement about that like a statement about this and then drop it and also the reason why I would only say it's a concern and a more of a worry is because the things that she's speaking about actually apply to the Equalities Act, not the GRA. So it's kind of like, I don't understand what she's saying. Um, I don't know who she's spoken to about it, um, but as kind of like the Minister of Equalities, I really like, hopefully this is just, even if it gets into her hands that this is happening and like there's t-shirts and there's conversations being made, if that happens, at least then maybe she'll look at talking to more trans people and see how these, these changes would affect trans people rather than anti-trans people who it seems like she's been talking to. Allegedly. I have so to say because i don't know yeah i mean tell me like what how would these changes tell me what the changes would be and tell me like how would they affect trans people then well the through that kind of that statement that she made um the with regards to the single sex spaces it means that trans people won't be able to use public restrooms it really kind of like is worrying because does that mean does that include restaurants does that include clubs like what is the situation here and also it's saying that you're talking and using language like protect but if say me someone who's been um transitioning or transitioned fully transitioned um for like 10 years that how are you protecting me mm -hmm. how are you protecting me if i have to go and use uh, a men's toilet as also a because of the spectrum as well of like a gender and b transition um like who's policing that well this is it and who's, but who is policing it who is policing like our rights and it is the government and it's kind of like well guys you have to have our back you know like i, I know that she says that she's going to protect trans people and how they like and how they live their lives but your your statements clash you know yeah. that's kind of i'd like also like it. to know like details on how you're going to do that or what what, yeah. what, you're protect, what what you're protecting trans people from how you're going to do it and and let us make a more informed decision and if we want us to get behind you then i need to know what what you're doing i just sit but we're just simply not yeah well we need to know she, it, the, the conversation needs to be open and we need to kind of figure out what her plans are um but also the plans that she's relayed are detrimental and you, you mentioned how how does it affect me it means that i won't be able to go and to public events or it means that I'll only be able to hang around in venues that are safe to me. So like Cuba, we have unisex toilets. So do you know what I mean? Like that is a safe space and that's a like a haven. And I was talking to one of um, another manager about it and I was like, this is a big concern because that's to say like, I might not be able to go to restaurants or go to the toilet and then you're disabling me from being able to operate my everyday life as I normally would. Um, and with regards to the under 18s, like revoking their right to medication, I know people that have, that, that, that resource has saved their lives. And we've had media booms in transness. People are a lot more, and I don't know how I feel about using this word, people are a lot more woke about it. And I didn't know, um, I didn't really know too much about transness when I was 14, you know? But if I was 14 now, I would because we've had those conversations and the world's moved forward. So revoking the rights of have, letting people have medication, um, under 18s have medications to block their puberties doesn't seem right to me because these medications aren't detrimental. If, it is, if, it, if it's not the choice, you can come off the medication and go through a natural puberty uh, allocated to your sex. The conversation on transness needs to kind of be opened up about it because 
it looks like she's using language like protect when you're not protecting anyone because you're you're taking away their right to medication or something that could help them and it's rooted in a really strange way because the detrimental effects that this could happen that would happen through this are their financial and their mental um they're visible um, I'm six foot tall and I'm really proud of being tall. But if I had puberty blocking medication at 14, I would probably be five nine. Mm. You know, that helps me be, become more passable. You know, when you go through a puberty, so say um, a trans woman goes through the male puberty, you would grow facial hair. Um, if a trans man went through a female puberty, I don't want to trigger anyone when saying this, but it is kind of the facts of facts, you would grow um you would go breast tissue mm. it's these are expensive things that happen that need to be reversed an average like six set of um laser hair removal is like a thousand pounds or what at least it was when i was way back like when i was like 19 where are you say where are you telling people that they can get this money from as well top surgery ranges from five to nine thousand pounds it's you're not assisting trans people you're not helping trans people you're actually being you're actually making their lives more detrimental you're having a detrimental effect on their lives and also you're telling people that it's an adult decision like it's some sort of thing this is i was born and me personally speaking from my own my own experience i was born a woman in the wrong body Mm. and that's kind of like a controversial statement to make but I've taken things to change that and be the right person of who I am because mentally I don't know I don't it's not that I don't identify as trans I don't really transness doesn't enter my life because I feel like that's it it massively enters my life now because I'm I'm starting the conversation I'm talking about it openly and, and it feels really good inside but before this transness wasn't a massive part of my identity it was just a segment of my identity I was also sassy I was also this girl and I was also there were so many different parts of my identity but now it's become a really prominent part because we have to talk about it Mm, um and I've gone through loads of things. I don't know how much money I've spent on procedures and at-home laser machines versus eight sessions on Groupon versus this, you know? And then all of these things, and I've had to pay to reverse. And if you take away medication and force people to go through that puberty, and it's not to make it about me, to make it about them, you're going to push this on every single person. And what's that to say? Because when you enter the ad- your adult world, if you've identified with this, um, if you've identified with transness being your thing and you are you identify with being in the wrong body, not only are you now about to enter the adult world, which I think for cis and trans people alike is quite scary, especially mm-hmm. in modern day society, you now have this burden to, to carry as well. And also you have to actively do this. So never mind, like I said before, my education, I didn't, I didn't finish high school because of mm-hmm. the the treatment and bullying I got. Professionally, if you want to go to university, surely you want to be focused on your studies. Or if you want to enter the world of work, surely you want to be focused on developing those new skills, not having to put the next few years of being on a waiting list or feeling gender dysphoria. And it's detrimental because you're revoking the rights of these kids having um, an option and a resource to, uh, a means to an end. And that means to an end could just stop everything from being like a ricocheting effect of their life yeah does that make sense yeah absolutely that's and I'm why, like that's, why I, that's what came into my head was I was just like I applied it and I was speaking to my amazing friend Pabby and who's incredible and she was saying she was just like well yeah this is it like if it was a big thing we'd be able to get on with our lives and just let us get on with our lives and live mm. our lives because what, being trans doesn't hurt anyone no. I don't understand why there is why you're playing or why cis people are playing with trans people's rights, but with not even having a trans elected person fronting it. You know, like it, there would there could be reasons if there could be reasons, but it's not. It's a cis person dictating how trans people live their lives, and it's. I think, just, I think that's like an ongoing pattern which I keep, which we keep reliving, no matter what we were talking about. We were just talking about George Floyd before yeah. and Black Lives Matter. And it always seems that people have a problem with something which does literally doesn't affect them in any way. Yeah, stop thinking how people can live their lives because it's not it's not a thing. If you don't know or if you haven't spoken to trans people, then then how are you making up these mm. 
the how are you making these legislations? How are you making these rules? Because it it, it doesn't make any sense. I think what you're saying is relatable to a lot of queer people as well, not just trans people. And I, the only reason I say this and not not to steer off the subject is just that in terms of relatability, what you were saying about um, you know, the the impact of you know um wanting to pass into adult life and go to work feeling confident and like fulfilled and like able um it's definitely something that i struggled with as a gay man i know lots of other queer people have because of the way they were brought up and things you know being bullied at school so to also have to go through that and um also you know not feel like comfortable in your own body and feel like you aren't able to live as the person that you are on top of feeling outcast that, you know it, it's that stale feeling it's that stale feeling i think um and you said not to steal off the topic but this is a very important message that this applies to a lot of people and a lot of minorities and subcategories and different kind of different people and different strokes and different folks is that like we just want to live our life without prejudice and stigma and have our resources like medication and potentially therapy if it needs because of environmental, th like environmental, anything that could happen in someone's environment. We just want those resources to be protected. You know, like people aren't, trans youth aren't making big mistakes mm -hmm. that are messing up their lives. So don't paint it like and that. And also progression in you know? trans rights, queer rights, black rights, Muslim rights. None of that none of that detracts from the rights or the values that you know cis people or straight people or white people have. It we can all win. That's what it's about. It's a win-win. It's not about taking away um I don't know, jobs or rights or visibility or you know, any of that from other people. It's about letting people like you and me and our friends also share the same privileges. I'm, I'm not talking privileges like rights because we generally have those rights at the moment. It's but it's but it's mm -hmm. things like you know the snidey look or the the constant questions and things like that that you were talking about before. You know, so these are the things that I need, we need um, allies to get get in there to get thinking about. I mean, the success of allyship has been incredible. I think I was reading on Pink News, there's been like th over 3,000 cis girls that have signed this mm, mass letter. And, yeah, and they've signed this mass letter saying that trans women are not a threat. Mm. They do not feel threatened by trans women. And when I read that news, I was smiling from like ear to mm. ear because it's kind of like, we, are be we, we need to be vocal. We need to be like really vocal and we need to stamp out this prejudice and this stigma and that is such a victory mm -hmm. you know and it's, i think it's really important that we celebrate these victories um because it's showing us that we're progressing yeah it is the progressional point and in like the timeline of since this statement has been made there has been so much worry and so much concern and but there has also been positives. The t-shirt is a massive mm. positive. People are like visibly wearing not a paid support trans youth t-shirts. So the conversation is open. And that's so, yeah. so heartwarming. And I feel like we will, I take this from, from this, I've learned that we talk, we talk about mm. things, you know, we talk about things because we need to educate ourselves. And I've, I've had that as kind of my, go-to thought processes like talk about it educate yourself on it and I've always had that in my mind but it right now it seems so much more important because all of this all of this prejudice and stigma that we're facing and uh, across the board of minorities um and that's why yeah. I'm here that's why I'm doing podcast because it's like do you know what we need to vocalize and I think the thing is like we can all post and write and stuff but like being able to listen to a conversation and listen to someone's experience and listen to them actually saying that this is what it's like is really really important I think I mean so you, you mentioned a few times that you left school early you mm -hmm. didn't get your full education um I, I, even with a full education I, I I struggled you know coming forward from that what is it that you have learned that you probably wouldn't have learned at school um that you've taken forward um honestly <laughs> what i've learned and taken forward from not finishing my education is that like things are possible mm. and no matter how big the wall, the wall is in front of you 
um, you can climb it and you can overcome it. And there's things that seem so un, like, like unreachable, like they're out of your grasp and you can get them. And those successes are incredible. Um, and also a big thing about it is because going through anything environmentally or anything affecting your mental health or any kind of like hardship that you face in life, I've realized that when you get to that wall, um, when you get over it, when you look back, you're a survivor, mm-hmm. you know, and you succeeded and you survived. And that's quite a thing. There's a really great Buddhist um, fable, um, which says that like, when you reach a wall, you should not be discouraged by the wall itself, but you should think about the fact that when you reach the top of the wall, there's a huge expanse on the other side. So, yeah. so wow. you're only going to get to that expanse base by getting over that wall. I didn't know that. That's amazing. It's cute, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, exactly that. And it's just like these, it makes me a little bit proud if I'm completely honest, because it's 2020, the world is in a little bit of despair. Well, when I say a little bit, I mean quite a lot. Um, Yeah. The world is, the world is showing it's "Mm -hmm." yeah. I mean, the cards are on the table, aren't they? And it makes me proud that we're having this conversation right now because we're doing something about it. Yeah. And you know what, if this, if 2020, if um, millennials generation, is it generation Z? Um, I know I feel old when I say I think we're Gen Z. We're Gen Z. Um, we, are the, we are the generation of the revolution then, if this is mm-hmm. it. These are the cards we've been dealt with. So let's, yeah. let's smash it out of the park. And obviously mermaids is a massive part of that because they are, you know, working with trans youth and trans parents. Um, what, um, let's talk about your mum, like, you said that she's been, you know, obviously My mum is my, my biggest support in my whole entire life. Yeah. Like, I didn't know about my mates when I was little, I'm not even sure if it was around, um, but my mum really... 25 like, years they've been going. 25 years, well, they, then they were around. I didn't know about it. Yeah, I didn't know about Mad. it. Um, and my mum didn't know about it. My mum was, like, my biggest support force ever. She kind of, like, she she asked me so many times in my teen years if I was trans and I mm. and I was so scared of being trans. She just asked you straight out? Yeah, yeah. There was, okay. there was, like, she kind of went for it because there was just certain things didn't add up, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, she asked me, like, she's been my full supporter and she asked me if I was trans and I came out when I was trans when I was 19 when I lived in Ibiza. So, um, that wasn't a surprise to her. She was very really upset that, um... She was really kind of upset because she was like, I've asked you and I've been through this. And she was kind of concerned, like, are you sure what's going on when I first came out? Um, And to know that, well, mermaids, if that was a thing, maybe they could have guided her and maybe my life could have been a little bit different. I mean, I I really, I I like my life now, so it's okay. But like mermaids, mermaids is so important. And I didn't know Mm. that was there when I was little, but a 14 year old me would have really, really, really benefited. So, like I said before, pay it forward, you know? What, what do you think, um, what do you think your mum might say to like a parent of a trans kid who might be going through or be struggling to kind of overcome their own feelings about their kid, about their child? I mean, I would have to ask her personally what she would say, um, which is a really interesting or question. Or what she, you know, what she talks to you. I might, you. I would actually maybe text her and find out for you. Um, because I want to know, but I think if my if my mum met other trans parents, um, she would say that it's not going to be easy. That this is a this is a real thing. Um, she'd be really reassuring. She'd reassure them that it's a real thing. Um, she wouldn't. She'd she would always offer her hand for support whenever, like if the parents needed support. Um, but most of all, I think she would say that it gets better. Like it really does get better, and that me and my mum have an amazing relationship. Um, it divvied for a few years. I've, a few years with my whole family, the relationship kind of like, we, we weren't talking, but right now it's like our family is really, really strong. And I think that she would just kind of reaffirm that everything to another parent, that everything will be okay. And also that it's not, it's a big, it's a big kettle of fish, so to speak, but it's doable. You know, it's doable. And there is that level of um, gender dysphoria. I'm a firm believer that gender dysphoria never leaves you, but your coping mechanisms and how you navigate in life and how you your perspective on things changes. And I think that my mum would say that is that because when you first come out as, as trans and you suffer or live with gender dysphoria, it can be really like debilitating. 
and it can really kind of shut you down but that does leave you do find your support networks you do find your sisters your brothers in arms and she, i think she would say like don't worry your your children your child's going to be okay you know someone told me, the other day i was getting really upset about just everything going on at the moment and you know of having my own issues of like queerness and some stuff happened and i was getting really upset and i said to my i was literally texting my friend and i was like when when is it going to get easier and he literally texted back and was like um fyi it never gets easier you just get stronger yeah. and i was like oh i wish someone taught me that when i was like 13 or 14 and i was really like going through it and really struggling and really confused you know someone just said to me mm, i mean this is what it is by the way but you'll might be able to do that because you'll get stronger my, year, my teen years were so chaotic and you know what it's because of things like protecting youth and the conversation not being open and that is the detriment that causes a detrimental effect to it and mm. it affects the people I'm, I'm i'm a firm believer that affects the people you don't need to like shadow or you don't need to hide certain things we need to open the communication because the more the world changes and progresses hopefully for the better the better things come. Why were why were kids so so terrible to you? Do, can you explain? I mean, do you know from their perspective why what it was that they just were um, hate, hateful, scared of, fearful? I don't know. Like, what was it? I don't know. In school, I was like, I was hanging around with all my girlfriends. I was living my my lovely little life. MySpace was a thing. The eyeliner mm -hmm. was heavy, mm -hmm. um, and I was different. And kids are scared of different. And I'm not from London, so it's not a, diverse. I'm from Norwich, and mm -hmm. but even even more so, I was in school in a small town. So I don't know if it was the lack of education or. Um, I don't know, but these kids, I don't, I don't know, these kids were much more aware of things than I was, let's just put it that way. And I think the same. And yeah, they knew the target points and the, and the bits to hit and it was hard. School was really, really hard for me, but then also my amazing family took me out of it. My mum took me out of it. Um, I, finished, I finished three or two GCSEs at college and you know, I, I I would see my life in review at this point as a success, um, and that's I love that. I, I massively love that. And the not a face T-shirt to put back not put back to not a face. That is just one of my many successes. Like like I said, I have a salary. I have this. I have there's so many things I've worked towards, and these are all little victories. Um, so even reverting back to what my mum would say is just be like, watch your kid flourish. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Support your kid and show them love. Because mm. that's, that's kind of what this is all about. It's like being mm. nice to each other and we're all here to experience life. We can never find a definitive meaning of what life is about. So as long as we're enjoying it, we're all smiling and having fun, then that's great. But also to the people above and the people up top and the people that, don't, that we don't communicate with, don't touch our rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like, don't touch our rights and also treat us fair. We are shooting for equality here. Like, we, the, the main goal is equality in all, in all, like, in all spectrums of things. So please, like, bear that in mind with us because I'm not sure if, I'm not sure what's going on in the House of Lords or the, high, or the higher powers above, so to speak. I'm not sure what the conversations they're having, but they should not be det detrimental. And if they are, then we need to look at getting a policy in place where we can move forward with these things. And they need to be having with trans people, not amongst themselves. Yeah, yeah it, but it's not just trans people. Um, I think a lot with the um, Black Lives Matter campaign is yeah. after the George Floyd situation, there was so many um, like black people that were navigating white people on how to show their support yeah. and that's so important you know like because we can all go off and say how awful this is but if it doesn't affect you it doesn't like you can feel the pain and share the pain but you don't really know because you're not you're not the the person or the minority that is being affected by so it's not just transness it's everything it's everything it's black lives matter it's everything we all have voices to educate and communicate and we can reach for that. You, oh, I hate saying utopic like or utopia, but that is the goal and that is what we Yeah, that is the goal. And it I don't think it, I, I think we should, we should always bear that in mind. I mean, whether, what, you know, because that means something else for different people. So, so just walking down the street and not being sneered at or like 
glared at is is yeah. is utopic for some people some some people yeah. some people going off and drinking ayahuasca and you know rolling around in their feelings is utopic for, for some people you know so yeah. we should all be aiming for that shared goal absolutely i think that's yeah, and, and law and order is meant to keep the peace mm. so mm. i really struggle to see why that I'm so happy that you're wearing it, but I'm really struggled to see why that not a face t-shirt exists. Mm. Why, you know, and that's the big thing. So it's amazing that we're all talking about it, but it shouldn't be like that. So it has to be how it is now for us to get to where it is. So that's kind of like a good, it has to be how it is now to get to where we need it to be. Yeah. And that's kind of like a thing. Like I love the not I I I'm I'm so obsessed with the not a phase campaign and I'm so obsessed with so much activism um on social media at the moment during lockdown. Um but realistically these things shouldn't exist. We should live in a much more utopic society. But right now they do exist. We are having these conversations and we if we have to be the generation that is the revolution, then let so be it. Yeah. Because I think that so much support has come from the Not A Phase campaign. And that has shown me, that's shown me, but also shown so many other people. Like I think 230 or 270 t-shirts I've sold mm. right now. Um, let me just check the analytics, but I think it's like 200, it's over 200, it's over 200. And I think the thing, Most, the thing about that oh. is, the, while, you're, while you're checking, the thing about that is, it's not too, it's more than 230 people just wearing the t-shirts. It's 230 people wearing the t-shirts and then every other single person who sees it on the street or is walking down or on timelines and things like that. It's not just 230 people um, buying t-shirts. It's about 230 people giving the opportunity for other people to be involved visually yeah. in seeing that the campaign exists. And it's not 230, it's 288. Yes, it is. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, starting those conversations is the starting the conversation is kind of the amazing thing that's happened with the not a phase t-shirt and i think that moving forward that's how we need to mirror a lot yeah we need to kind of like emulate that and i definitely think you're a beacon of that because you know since i've met you i you know just knowing you you we've we had so much fun when we first met at like events and parties and stuff and you yeah. know when you go to cuba you i see you spinning around at the end of the bar and like you know <laughs> loving life managing like just fully like you're fully part of the experience and you are just like a bundle of joy and light and it and the reason I the reason I was asking about school and what that was like was because it's so different to how I think I have known you and other people may know you so like what is it how have you got from that which a lot of people will be going through or, and will have been through to being to being you now because like what have you learned and how yeah a lot what, of it is can... um victories because I think that when I was young you do kind of get bashed down by not being able to get a job or do you know what I mean or doing things like that and I always kind of count my victories I always see like like right okay this is a mini success this is a mini success this is a mini success I want to want people to be happy and you know, so I want to give people happiness. And I think we've both worked in hospitality and you know that like delivering that service changes people's experience and gives them a positive, a positive well, experience really. And that's kind of what I'm about. And, and I realized, I didn't, I didn't know this for ages, but I am about making I, a lot, a large proportion of my time in work is making other people happy and making sure experiences are incredible. Um, and that mirrors in my personal life as well, but it's coming in all of those mini successes. So like sometimes the success is getting out of bed, you know, mm -mm. like we said, we, like you said, you've had, you had a hard day. I, I had a hard day two days ago, a really hard day and I didn't know what to do, but then I got out of bed. I got into the sun. I got a little dose of vitamin D. I read things. I educated myself. I went on Amazon. I bought some books to read mm. to educate myself further. Um, and it's just seeing those little, like those tiny little victories, but those victories lead into big things. So mm. I ran away from uh, from England when I was 19 and moved to Ibiza and I found myself. That's a massive victory. I had a really lovely job when I lived there. That was incredible too. I, um, I moved back. I had friends. And in darkness, I've always kind of seen the light. And I think that's kind of a good urge is to always try and see the light in a dark situation. Um, 
there's always that tiny speck of light at an end of a tunnel. Um, and I feel like that's very, that, that's been very accurate right now with regards to even reopening work. So like, like I said, I'm a venue manager for a hospitality bar, Cuba. I love it. It's amazing. Come pop it, guys. Um, but even like when that closed down, I was like, oh my God, but even progressing yeah. talking about how we're opening things, that's like a little victory. And it's, it's all about progression and learn and change. Um, weirdly enough, it's just popped into my head though, but I think it was Alex Box, the old head makeup artist for Illamasqua. She said that when she stopped learning, and I think she was talking about makeup technique, but I apply it to my whole life. Um, <laughs> she was like, once you stop learning, it's done. Like it's over. It, like it, once you stop learning and you close the door off to being educated then it's over and the world is so progressive and the world is changing and also there's so many things that you can do with like your life so that's where I kind of find positivity I love music so now I've started mixing music I love people so now I just I work with people um and it's just counting all of those mini victories that make up to this big success and then when I'm 65 and I'm in a rocking chair and I can look back at my whole life I can smile that's kind of it. <laughs> that's, I'm like, that's so cute. I have, no, like, I have nothing else to add or ask or like. You're on a massive tangent there. I don't know where that story came from. No, it's perfect because like, no, I just completely agree. I was just like, and I think you are that person. I'm not and sure. I think who, I'm that... not sure who's sitting next to me in the rocking chair. It might be <laughs> a husband. It might be a wife. Who knows? It might be my best friend circling around me. But that. And even seeing the world and, and feeling the change, feel, feeling like the vibration is, yeah. I want to look back. Do you want kids? Well. Um, do you know what? This, the, the kids' conversation has popped up a few times recently. Um, I would love the opportunity to have kids. I didn't think about that when I started my transition, so I wouldn't be able to have um, kids that were mine or carry on my family um, chain or whatever that is and um, but would mm. I adopt kids yeah if I was in if I was financially like financially okay was with someone that I like loved and they were ready yeah or even if yeah. say if they wanted kids and I would be a support absolutely I do you know what? I used to not like children or well, not like it's not that I didn't like children I was so scared of children because I didn't want to impact mm. negatively on them um I have the same thing. Yeah. Oh my God. The massive, like an anxiety. Like I was such a mess in my twenties that I was like, I need a kid by the time I'm 35. I need to meet him by, meet, meet him by 30, um, oh. adopt or like have a surrogate by 35. Um, and if I don't, I always had this feeling that I would do it myself and yeah. for some reason. And I would, I like always have, and I always said this before, I want to raise like some little peace warrior who's like going around, like making a difference. I want to raise that person. Yeah. I, want to, I want to be actively involved in raising someone who is actively involved in changing. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, I was in, got into such a mess in like t- my twenties and then throughout basically the, the end of my twenties as well, that I was like, I, I have no, I can't like, I'd be too worried to put, a child out into the world I mean, if, but now I'm like I don't know I'm kind of thinking yeah, about it I mean if the support system was right and and mm. I, I think a big thing for me is my my big main goal or my big thing when I moved to London was I wanted to have like one kid a dog a house a mortgage in crap and crouch end like, yummy mummy yeah like very that and then kind of like work part-time but in a nice position um and that was kind of like, that's what, what that's what's going to happen to me. Um, I don't mind if that doesn't happen because I'm just keeping it real. Um, that that perspective of outside of London, inside of London is very mm-hmm. different and achieving that is very hard. But if the opportunity came about and the, it was the, the right situation, absolutely, I would love to raise a child yeah. and just instill some really good values. But also... Yeah, what would you teach them? What would you what teach, would I them? teach them? My, well, first things, oh, well, equality. Yeah. Equality has to become a thing. Um, and that conversation would have to be open from the get-go, from the second language was the thing. It's like, this is this, this is this. Obviously being sensitive because there is a child. But um, I don't know, activities. I'd love, I love uh, working at Q. There's so many dancers and dancing makes people so happy. And I would love, like, mm. do you know what I mean? Have, like, a little girl, a little boy go to, like, Pineapple Dance Studio. Think, mm-hmm. like, yeah, teach them anything that they want as well. Because there's, like, children have such a little, like, personality. But they do have a little personality. So just kind of, like, listening to that and 
like feeding their creativity and just letting them be themselves really okay let one final one what would you teach your kid i don't know why i'm so hell-bent on kids right now why <laughs> is it am i being broody maybe what would you teach your I mean, kid projecting something <laughs> i know <laughs> i think i actually have um yeah what would you teach your kid that your mum taught you my mum once said to me and it's quite harsh actually but I remember there was this one time when I had just moved back from Ibiza before I moved to London and um medication was really hard to actually the waiting list for medication at the GIC and everything was really big um there was there's an element that trans people have to go through um or there's an element that, that trans people go into sex work because they, there's no other options for them. And all of this kind of came piling down on me once I left Ibiza and entered the UK, which works economically and di well, differently anyway. And I was really, really worried. And my mum kind of like, I spilled it all out to my mum and was completely honest about everything. Cause I was like, just that, you know, this is how it is for the girls. This is how it is, you know? Um, and she turned around and she was like, okay, I'm gonna need you to be really, I'm gonna need to be really seriously like, with you. You are not a victim. Please do not adapt. Please do not take on a victim complex. You will succeed in everything. And don't feel sorry for yourself. Find the power inside yourself to make it different. That is what I would tell my kids. Because that also mirrors a similar situation that she had to me when she took me out of school. And she was like, this is not you being defeated. So I would, I think what I would want to instill in my children is that they can never be defeated. Because if life happens to be a fight, then we have to win. There you go. That's it, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's perfect to, perfect to end on. How was it, babe? This is the first, the first podcast I've done. I mean, so. perfect. I don't, yeah. Is there anything you want to add that, yeah. add that I haven't, that we haven't covered. So the reason why I'm here today, guys, is obviously to talk about the Not A Phase, but we've um, dwindled off and spoken about loads of subjects. Uh, the Not A Phase t-shirt is something that I created uh, for to raise money for the Mermaids charity. And 100% of the profits go to the, um, go to the charity just in raising money and supporting um, like gender variant and trans youth and their families. You can find the t-shirt on teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash not dash a dash phase um and join the community we're all talking about it and we're all sharing um big conversations about why it's important to support our trans youth thank you Jax. i'm gonna pop that all in the in the link in the bio and everything as well yeah, please do. Please do. it has been such a blessing it has been so fun i was a little bit nervous before but i feel good i think it's been lovely and i'm really glad that we got to see each other even if it's just by video I think that what you're doing is amazing. I'm so happy it's taken off. I'm so happy to have been part of it in just a small way by just buying the t-shirt. Um, I'm just so happy to see it all going on online. I'm so happy to see how much money you've raised for Mermaids. I think it's an amazing charity and I'm gonna, I'll link them in as well. Um, please people, yeah. please people get a t-shirt. Please post it online. Please tab, tag Jackie. Um, please tag mermaids please get involved um we need to be part of and this and thank you for listening like well done to you for pillars and thank you for listening to it and let's just keep that content going keep the conversation open thank you so much for listening to this episode today honestly it means the world that you chose to join me if you liked it subscribe and of course please make sure that you share with your friends I'd really like you to get involved in the conversation as well. So head over to Twitter or Instagram at LGBTQ Pillars, or you can get in contact at www.pillars.org.uk, where you can find out about upcoming events, all our guest profiles, and contact me to get involved. And remember, we can't build a home out of broken bricks. We need pillars. Pillars.